Hi, I'm Brews News Editor Matt Kirkegaard and welcome to this Brewery Pro podcast looking at data in the brewing industry. We get a lot of media releases at Brews News and a lot of them are of more interest to the people that send them than they are to our readers. As a result, they tend to get filed without being published. We recently received one that sounded interesting but left us a little incredulous about a report that was an analysis of production of millions of litres of beer claiming some pretty interesting insights for craft brewers noting that the company would like to discuss with us on behalf of our subscribers, viewers and listeners. Again, there's nothing new in companies wanting to reach our audience. However, as we dug a little more into the claims around data collection as regards waste and efficiency, it was pretty interesting and it passed our test of being potentially valuable to our professional brewing audience. So today I'm digging into it with James McGee, CEO from manufacturing software company OFS, which released the Craft Brewing Benchmark Report asking the question, what does a good day look like in brewing? James, welcome to this Brewery Pro podcast. Matt, thanks very much for having me. You know, it's a bit of a, (laughs) there's a bit of a bar to clear before we even uh, discuss something, but I'm fascinated by one of the premises of your report, um, and it's, it's up the start of the report, and you Pose the question, it's strange that so many brewers rely on the purchase of new equipment to grow capacity rather than investing in getting more out of people and machinery already in place. At Brews News, we are constantly reporting on breweries scaling their businesses with significant expansions, chasing lower unit costs. Are you suggesting through your report that they're doing it wrong? Not necessarily that they're, that they're doing it wrong, but perhaps that there's there's some um, some extra thought that might go into I guess getting a better benchmark on on where their current performance uh, is at Matt before um, racing off and buying the you know the next bit of shiny packaging equipment or, or upgrading their um, their existing their existing assets um, just because you know they have a sense that they're they're struggling to keep up with demand um, the drivers behind that struggle uh, may be that they're not yielding um, the best possible outcomes from their existing capital equipment. What sort of waste, because uh, I presume that we're talking about waste, you, you just to um, give a very quick insight into OFS, you have software that measures, and we'll, we'll come to exactly what OEE means, but you look at um, overall equipment efficiency. Yeah, that's exactly right, Matt. So, so our, our specialty um, resides specifically in, in, in the packaging area of, um, of manufacturing operations. Obviously, craft brewing is a, is a really strong segment um, of ours. Um, and we, we narrow in on um, you know, the sort of three core elements uh, that make up the efficiency of that packaging operation, um, which is this sort of industry term called OEE, which, uh, which the report we published goes into the detail of, of what's comprised in that. Um, we try and bust a bit of the jargon that's associated with, um, with some of these sort of uh, manufacturing acronyms. But essentially, the theory there is that the efficiency of a packaging operation boils down to three core metrics. Um, the first one is, is time, essentially how much of the allocated time that you've got to be producing product. Are you actually producing product? Um, the second one is speed. So you may have a, a filler that's um, it's, it's played at speed, might be 9,000 cans or bottles per hour, and how are you performing against that particular metric? And the third one is, uh, is what you've just touched on there, which is waste, um, the number of, of, uh, of units that pass through, say, a filling uh, operation, uh, versus the number of products that may, you know, wind up in a slab or, or a or a pallet. So that's sort of the the premise of um, of the measurement method, and and really what we're challenging uh, brewers to think about is is how they're performing um, in each of those core uh, elements, 
Um, and uh, I guess the, the report came out with some surprising findings that's perhaps a little bit counter to some of the messaging, messaging that we hear when we first turn up and, and start talking to brewers about this topic. Now, when I first saw the report and you were talking about millions of litres of beer, I, I did sort of think, oh, you know, maybe this was an analysis of big breweries. And I know you're not really yeah. willing to talk to us exactly about your client base, but the report does um, have, have a testimonial from Stomping Ground. So I'm presuming they're yeah. one of the breweries. And you also have uh, one from uh, Tribe. Uh, you, you'll be speaking to Tribe in a couple of weeks uh, for a webinar. So I'm presuming they're the sorts of breweries that you know, are among the data set that, that you've captured. Exactly, Matt. So we've actually put a specific focus on, on if you like, the, the smaller end of town rather than the, um, you know, the big, the big multinationals, all of which, um, you know, use use OFS as well. But we've tried to keep this quite specific to, to the smaller uh, brewers who, um, I guess, um, tend to be um, folk to, who may overlook uh, this as a, as a as a key element to their business. So I suppose there's there's really um, a beautiful craft and uh, about. Uh, pardon the pun about about making uh, making craft beer, and, and often the love of beer um, sometimes comes before the um, the business side. Uh, and, and we really think that um, there's a huge opportunity potentially on the table. This report really franks that, in our opinion, uh, for those um, brewers out there who do run packaging lines to, I suppose, leverage some of the thinking that the big guys um, have been implementing for for many years. Get access to to the visibility of, of how they're performing and then, you know, set about trying to get better. So what sort of, uh, you know, do, do we describe it as what sort of return can brewers expect if they're more efficient or what sort of loss are they facing yeah. on, on the basis of the report? Exactly. So, so I mean, we, we try and bring things back to, you know, total total opportunity or, or beer's loss. And I think, you know, Matt, one of the sort of most striking uh, elements of, of this report for us was, was – uh, was the amount of time that uh, that we saw, and you're right, we, we did analyse hundreds and hundreds of thousands of shift hours or machine hours and, and, and tens of millions uh, of, of bottles and cans produced, that um, the report showed up that uh, uh, that on average uh, brewers are, are losing up to 45% of, uh, of available time to activities other than actually filling uh, bottles or cans, which is... Uh, um, you know, which is quite shocking to some. It's, you know, getting close to half the time they've got packaging lines crewed to run. They're, they're not running. Um, now, that could be as a result of changeovers or, or unplanned downtime or, or other activities, but that's that's what we're seeing over, over quite a large data set. And so we like to try and bring that back down into, well, what does that opportunity um, cost actually look like for you in terms of, um, you know, how many units you could have made in a particular day versus how many that you made? And and, and Matt, what we find is that most of these folks, when we when we roll in, and we'll often ask the question as to, you know, how would you go about telling me um, how many how many dollars or how many product you produced yesterday? And it's usually, well, I'd ask, I don't really know. I'd go and ask someone, or I'd call someone up and I'd ask them, and they might go out and say, we made twenty pallets yesterday. Okay, and, and and what about the day before? Well, I'd do the same thing, and I said, well, what happens if the day before it came in at eighteen? You know, would you know the reasons why you you were two pallets short? And that's when it usually starts to get pretty grey and vague. Um, and we look at that and think, wow, what's you know what's the price of, of two pallets of uh, of your valuable product? You know, day in day out um, uh, to to your business, and 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 quickly, you know, clients are able to uh, to work their way back to a return. Are you able to put a dollar cost on any of this, or is it just a, you know a, a, a metric other than dollars around the efficiency and relative efficiency? We tend to leave that element to to our clients, who obviously you know have a very sound understanding of um, 
of the of the cost of a liter of their product, or um, and, and and at each stage of the process, mind you, whether that's through the the brewing post uh, process or through the value add um, on their packaging lines. Um, interestingly, though, that is the space that we are um, we're we're pretty keen to get into in in terms of um, the conversion of you know what does a a one percent efficiency gain actually mean to you on a on a profit basis. So we're um you know we're actively um, seeking to start to bring those types of things into into our product. Does it identify causes or does it just show relative efficiency and then it's, you know, if you notice a loss of efficiency, then it's to the the brewers to go and try and track back along the process to work out what's causing that? Yes, yeah, so, so I think, um, no, absolutely, there's a, it, it, there's a really, uh, uh, if you like, sort of analytical aspect to our, our product. Not only are we capturing signals and information from the, the line itself, um, we're also, you know, really vested in engaging with the folks who are standing on these packaging lines for, you know, maybe six or seven or eight hours per shift. Um, so what we've we've invested in is is uh, is an interface that takes a combination of of machine information and overlays that with the human element because we kind of think that nobody knows more about, you know, why this asset might be underperforming. It certainly no one stands to gain more um, than the folks that are, that are spending eight hours a day. Um, you know, using your capital equipment, um, and if it's underperforming, uh, we've got a really, really big way of making sure that those folks can uh, can contribute to to the root causes as to what's happening, and then um, you know everything from SMS alerts, email alerts, and and reporting um, based on you know where these uh, where these sort of silent killers to efficiency are taking place, and and that one of the other uh, one of the other points that we raised in the report was that on average. Uh, what we see is kind of the b- biggest killer of time, which is you know, what we classify as unplanned downtime. Uh, we're seeing um, an average of three minutes and 12 seconds lost to unplanned downtime every thousand beers produced. Um, so it's significant, you know, the, the average the average running speed, not to get too caught up in the numbers, but the average running speed um, of, the, of the lines we, we analysed um, was around 9,000 per hour. So that comes down to... 151 cans per minute. So um, if you if you multiply that out by the three minutes it's being lost, we're talking about 453 beers being lost every every thousand beers produced, um, just just due to unplanned downtime events. So it's significant, um, and uh, uh, and we really think it's something that people need to investigate and spend more time looking at. In dealing with brewers, you know, again we we talk about craft beer and craft industry, and a lot of brewers tend not to think of themselves as food manufacturers for example yeah. or even manufacturing um and 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 process you know how important do you feel packaging is to the overall production process um of of brewing oh massive uh, I, I i um second the comment that you've made and i really do think the brewing industry do need to think of themselves more as manufacturers i know obviously a lot of a lot of time and effort goes into distribution and a lot of uh a lot of uh, brewers that we that we do business with are also running restaurants and um, and, and so on. So there's a lot going on, uh, uh, but I think that at its core, um, you know, that they should be thinking themso- of themselves as, as as manufacturers and and thinking about trying to get the best tools and and assets again, not only into the brewing process, but for those for those folks who are um, who are packaging their own um, their own beer, um, really to make sure that they're optimising it. Um, Again, for many of the smaller brewers we work with, there's, there's casual labour force, there's there's overtime, um, and, and a lot of that we're seeing up to 40, 40%, 45% of the opportunity comes through just not optimising time. The interesting thing, Matt, is that, again, most of the conversations we have in the brewing space tend to be about yield, uh, with good reason. You know, people don't want to um, don't want to see their 
their uh, their beautiful amber ale um, going down the gurgler. I get it. Um, but again, another insight from our report showed that at least on the packaging side, um, from a from a quality perspective, here I'm talking about beers that are filled that don't make their way into a slab or onto a pallet. Uh, it was about th- um, 0.3%. Um, so that means that for every you know um, uh, for every uh, 100 beers produced, only 0.3% of those, uh, not even one beer, um, is being scrapped yet. Uh, with When it comes to waste, physical waste that is, uh, you can see it. It might be half-filled cans in a bin. It could be beer on the floor. It could be labels that are, you know, coming off a, off a bottle or a can. Um, so it's very visible, and that's one of the reasons we think people get fixated on waste. And sure, we've got a, a definite war on waste, but um, really the, the one that's probably less visible is that time element. Um, and, again, that's probably one of the key sort of takeaways from the report is um, don't overlook uh, don't overlook your 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 wasting of time um, with two you know with an with an outweighed focus on on quality or, or waste, particularly when it comes to packaging yield. Now, I, I I note your comment earlier on that you have made the report relevant to the, the craft end of the of the industry, but yeah, um, you know, Tribe is one of the larger ones. Uh, you know, stomping mm-hmm. ground, not huge, but you know bigger than uh, your average brew pub. Have you looked into what scale, you know, is, is, is this a product that a brew pub that maybe gets a, um, you know, mobile canner in once a fortnight or once a month is going to uh, get benefit from? Or is there a, a size that you think that really is a the, the, the sweet spot for getting the maximum efficiency from uh, the, the service you offer? Yeah, so we are we're we're learning a lot ourselves. I mean, our, our business, you know, we've been doing this in the broader manufacturing industry for over fifteen years. I think it's been really the last twelve to eighteen months that we've um, had a particularly strong level of interest from the craft brewing community, which has been fantastic. By the way, we've loved that it. it's such a an amazing space, and 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 the industry is so dynamic, and and everybody seems to be um, looking out for each other and willing to help, which is um, I guess you know testament to this this podcast, Matt, I suppose. But um, we've learned we've learned a lot about. Uh, about where we think that sweet spot is, and we, we sort of think that if you're a, if you're a packaging operation that's getting up to around that sort of 800,000 liters produced, um, that's probably where you're starting to kick over into uh, multiple shifts, you know, multiple days running packing lines, and at that point you're you know you're investing in labour and you're investing in packaging, and it's for us, you know, we've worked really hard to get an offering for that for that end of the market because yes, we do have. Um, we also, in our portfolio, have you know very large multinational companies um, uh, using using this product, and and how do we create an offer that's that's uh, that's valuable down to to all segments? And so you just mentioned two of our customers, Stomping Ground and, and Tribe. We also have, and you mentioned the mobile canning, East Coast Canner Canning, who are ah, a so big you- Oh, yeah. I spoke to Chris Kelly from East Coast a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh, right, right. And uh, I, sorry, I, I don't want to do an ad for uh, East Coast, but he's <laughs> one of those guys that I would speak to once a month because his insights are so interesting. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm very interested that uh, he uses the software as well. It's a fascinating one. So any of your listeners who are, who are using East Coast, East Coast Canning, go and stick your head out in the in the truck, and you'll see an OFS console spinning around, which is which was a pretty innovative one for us. That it's actually a, a mobile application of uh, an ever moving, if you like, application of our, our product. So we're delighted to to partner up with them. So yeah, we think that that's uh, you know certainly certainly brewers that are that are now in that in that million dollar range. We think you're you're um, uh, you're definitely leaving opportunity on the table if you're not doing something in this uh, in this uh, particular space to make sure you're you know you're pumping your product product out as, as efficiently as, as you can. And and I think just lastly back to your 
gets back to your point, Matt, on the on the capital investment side, like we've seen, um, uh, you know, companies such as Stomping Ground and so on who are continuing to grow, you know, in, definitely invest in um, in automation. And, and this is uh, having this information for me is uh, is one of the sort of greatest justifiers that you can have when it comes to to, to expansion because. Um, you should be able to weigh up, you know, what you think you're going to get back in terms of an efficiency increase uh, uh, from that equipment, um, or you know, perhaps running at a slightly lower efficiency. But it's that, that like for like for now at those volumes, it doesn't justify um, investing in something like a new packaging line or a robot palletizer or um, or a new labeler or, or whatnot. So um, all of those answers, you know, generally come out of the, the data that we're capturing. I'm I'm just interested in how. It, it actually works if we can talk a little bit about the product itself. So it's because sure. it's it, it's described as software, but there's a hardware component as well that mm. um, you know is is installed into the packaging line to to capture this data. That's exactly right. So so we take uh, we we do try and keep it you know pretty simple um, from the outset. It's a uh, uh, if I take you mentioned stomping ground before. If I, if I take stomping ground, you know that was. Uh, we're sort of up and running within a couple of hours um, on site there. So we're, we're really looking to take a, um, a signal um, right off the filler there. So we might be just at the exit conveyor once we've, once we've got a filled can, uh, the earliest point that we've got a filled can, and, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll basically, Matt, we'll take a count. We'll count every, every can that comes past. We get the context of the job that's running and the crew that's running and, and how fast that should be, should be running. And, of course, the absence of a count. Uh, is uh, is going to tell us the line's not not running. Uh, that's the bottleneck uh, for for uh, for a packaging line. If the filler's running, you're you're producing. If the filler's not running, something's wrong. Um, and uh, and so we uh, we do have a, a small piece of hardware that goes out with our gear. Um, and uh, and then there's you know obviously a, a, an operator interface which can be anything from a from a tablet to a, to a PC. It's just an internet browser. You can choose what you like there. And uh, uh, and it's a it's a big you know shiny dashboard. Uh, again, drawing upon stomping ground. If you walked in there, you'd see it on a big seventy inch TV screen that beams across the factory as to how they're running. And we try and get everybody talking about about efficiency, maybe for the first time, rather than being tucked away in a on a, on a paper worksheet. Um, and uh, yeah, look, we we uh, we let our customers try it for for a month or so, and uh, if they're happy, they can they can continue using it and. Just like a gym membership, uh, it's sort of month, month by month by month. If they're not if they're not working out, then uh, then stop paying for it. I, 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 I'm I'm glad you said that about gym membership because I, I, again, I didn't want to um, diminish the, the the seriousness of it. But just hearing you describe the uh, activation or the, the the installation in stomping ground, it sounds like there is even an element of gamification to it yep. where you've got a metric and, you know, you can almost look at the targets that you're hitting and, you know, can we do better today than we did yesterday sort of thing. So quite apart from the just the boring, no, I'm sorry, yes. <laughs> for, for want of a better term, <laughs> the boring yep. numbers, it sounds mm-hmm. like you, it, it, it can actually be a motivator for, you know, various crews to see who can be more efficient or you know more productive um it, 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 is that an element of it or am i just um no 100 100 percent an element so so whether that's sort of uh green versus red hours where we're above or behind target um you know very very visual because matt we believe so and this is a little bit 
contrary to, to what many others in the industry think about the future of manufacturing, where we're sort of talking about machines replacing humans. And we just don't subscribe to that for, for 99% of the, the, the businesses that we've touched over a 15-year period. And, and I can assure you that's a lot of different manufacturers from a lot of different verticals. Um, we, we, uh, we believe there's always going to be a role for the humble human being um, on a manufacturing floor. Will it evolve over time? Yes, you know, will technology continue to play a bigger and bigger part in that? Yes, um, but but will um, will the combination of of capital equipment and the folks who are charged with with running them, um, you know, be critical to um, to manufacturing efficiency? You know, we we, we think so for sure. So um, we're all about making sure that your, your brewers and your packers um, get visibility, have a voice, contribute. Because as I said to you a little um, a little while back there, Matt, we we. Um, we see it all the time that you know no one comes to work to work on a, a filler in your in your brewery that's underperforming, that's producing waste, that's having issues um, because it, it, it uh, it's not an enjoyable um, an enjoyable place to, to to work. So there's a vested interest from your business from a profitability point of view, but from the folks who are running those lines to have your filler, your labeler, your capper, your case packer all functioning the way that it was intended to. Um, and so really what we're doing is it's reporting the truth and then saying, um, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Uh, operator, every time something stops you from having a great hour or a great day, you know, let us know. Um, let us know whether that's a comment in the tool or whether that's you know, a piece of feedback through a digital form. Uh, let us know and then it's over to the owners of these businesses to close that feedback loop. And that's where ultimately what are we doing this for? We're trying to help. Um, companies produce more beer in less time, uh, and uh, and it's uh, the, the data is great, but if you if you haven't got the engagement on either side, then your upside will be limited. I just want to jump back at, to to the start of that point where because this isn't a product that was made for the brewing industry, but this is. Uh, you know, a, a product that's been refined in other industries that are process and manufacturing and packaging that has been tailored to the brewing industry. Is that correct? Yep. How similar is the production element of brewing to some of the other industries? You know, is that something that there is a, a learning that can go from, you know, any packaging line onto the, the, the craft brewing floor? A lot more than you might think, Matt. It, it really is. Uh, it really is very, very similar. Uh, and I think that it's it's funny. One thing that I I get enjoyment um, from in, in in what I've done uh, with with this business over the years is you know, I just love I just love spending time in factories and, and talking to talking to people who are responsible for running them. Um, uh, and uh, everybody always thinks they're doing something slightly different to everybody else. But uh, I'd go further than saying not only is you know is uh, at least the packaging operations within brewing similar to other, other beverage filling operations. Um, you could also just more broadly draw a ring around just filling in general, whether that's filling paints or filling cosmetics or um, or filling bottled water or beer. Um, there are so many similarities um, to the to the processes. There were nuances for sure, um, but there is a heap that can be learned. And again, that's like really one of the joys that we've had in the focus over the last 12 months on the craft brewing space is using the folks in our business who, who, who work with all of these, you know, really large companies or other, in, or other areas of, of the, um, uh, of the beverage space and bring those um, insights and expertise to, to our customers um, to say, Hey, listen, we've, we've looked at your data. We've seen some things here. We can actually, you know, spend a bit of time with you stomping ground or tribe or East coast and, and, uh, and, and help make sense of some of this for you because we've been doing it for 15 years for other companies it's not necessarily that the software side of what we do, but it's just part of that sort of service that we get in to make sure that everybody's 
able to interpret that information and, and make some genuine changes and improvements to their operations. Mate, that's pretty much what I wanted to, to, to ask about, you know, the, the questions that I had and I anticipated would be asked. But I guess anyone, any brewers that are interested who want to speak more and hear more from a brewer, mm. you do have a, um, a webinar coming up fairly soon um, with yourself and... Greg Stones, who's the supply manager of Tribe Breweries, which is one of the uh, data points in the report. We do, Matt. So next Thursday, the seventeenth. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, next Thursday, the seventeenth of June, we're we're, uh, we're we've been lucky enough to have Greg come on on board, and and really this is going to be a very. It's only half an hour, um, but Greg's going to jump on, and um, you know our report sort of uh, spoke about what good looks like for for craft brewers, and we and we spoke about the fact that. That uh, from a time perspective, for example, you know, if you're running more than 54.7% of the time, you're, you're in the good category. Um, Greg's going to jump on and say, hey, guess what? When we um, when we first fired up OFS 18 months ago, we were at 38. So if you think 54 sounds ordinary, we were at 38. And, and they're a you know, fairly well-resourced, larger brewer. And it's only now sort of 12 to 18 months on, Matt, that they're, that they're hitting those 54% numbers. And, and Greg's going to come in and, and vis- you know, visually show what a 38 percent day looks like and, and what a 54 percent day looks like and exactly how he's helped their business um, have more days at 54 than 38 um, so you know sort of we're getting rid of all of the the jargon he's a really down-to-earth um, character and uh, and, and uh, if any of your, your uh, listeners are interested in in hearing how someone else has gone about doing this then uh, please come along on, on uh, Thursday the 17th and uh, have a listen and there will be capacity to uh, for um, attendees to ask questions um, and get and get direct feedback Absolutely. Not only during the webinar, but Greg's the sort of sort of person that if you uh, if you wanted to connect with Greg um, beyond that, he'd be uh, he'd be only too happy to do so. Excellent. Well, I'll make sure that there's a link to both the Craft Brewers Benchmark study that we've referred to during this, and also the details uh, to register for the for that uh, in in the show notes. Uh, well, mate, I guess, is there anything, having sort of asked my questions, is there anything uh, that, that, you know, if I give you a free kick, is there anything that uh, you, you want to uh, to say? Oh, I just want to say thank you, Matt, for, for giving me the opportunity and, and, uh, and I guess for, for doing what you guys do. We've, we've become really familiar with your uh, uh, with your content and, and, uh, and it's, it's helped us to, to continue our learning journey on the on the industry. Um, and I guess if there's anything that any of your, your listeners have, have heard today that, you feel might be of interest or you're, you're keen to find out a bit more, then, um, you know, our website is, is ofsystems.com. Uh, we, as I mentioned, we do offer, um, you know, free trials of our, of our product, which essentially lets you sort of assess the value for yourselves. And and certainly that's open to, to any of your listeners who might be interested. Otherwise, um, perhaps we'll, we'll see you uh, next week on the webinar, which would be, uh, which would be great. Excellent. Um, now, actually, just, for one of my questions, OFS is it short for something? Just so uh, it's a mouthful. Uh, it is. It is short for something. The, the acronym is Operations Feedback System. Uh, so uh, OFS is certainly easy to get wrap your head around. Um, but that's uh, that's what it's uh, the acronym stands for. I I get where the name comes from. So that was the thing. I was, I was trying to work out what the acronym might uh, be for. But uh, <laughs> good luck. G- g- given the chat that we've had, Operational Feedback Systems is actually uh, pretty self explanatory. So uh, that's great. Good one. One other question: Will you be at Brucon this year? We will be at Brucon this year. Yeah, really looking forward to that. We've, we've not been involved before, but we we are heading up there. In fact, I think we're also um, co-hosting a panel session with our friends at Stomping Ground. So uh, we'd love to uh, we'd love to catch up with uh, with anybody who's uh, who's going to be at that event. It's um, we've heard a lot about it uh, from previous years, and 
and uh, touch wood, we're we're out of lockdown here in Melbourne, Matt. And we'll up to the, uh, the Gold Coast and have, have a bit of fun and a couple of a couple of frothies. Yeah, mate. The, the, the sailing coast at the end of August uh, compared to uh, Melbourne, uh, <laughs> highly desirable. Quite apart from the uh, the, the conference. Well, uh, James, Indeed. thank you very much for spending this time on the Brewery Pro podcast. Um, if anyone does want the more detail or salesy uh, information, we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, very much appreciate your time and uh, taking the time to sort of talk about what a good day looks like in the craft brewing industry. It's been fun, Matt. Thanks so much for the opportunity. And that was James McGee from OFS. As always, if you are interested in finding out more, we will be putting a link to the Craft Brewers Benchmark Study in the, the show notes. It is actually quite an interesting read, uh, particularly when you've heard the context from James himself. Uh, if you are interested in finding out how it was practically used in uh, a, a brewery situation, you can jump on and register for the webinar featuring Greg Stones from uh, Tribe Breweries, and also you'll be able to track them down at BrewCon at the end of August. Thank you very much for listening to this Radio Brews News podcast, and we look forward to joining you again very soon.